Hello everyone and welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host Tyler Callahan and we got a bit of news to talk about. Black Adam released around the world. We have some new bosses at DC. Casting changes in Netflix for a particular show. And uh, other news as well. So let's start with the domestic top five. Opening in first place is DC's Black Adam with $67 million. Opening in second place, finally, is Ticket to Paradise with $16.3 million. You know, we've been talking about that movie internationally now for about a month. It's finally had its domestic release. In third place is Smile with $8.3 million for a total of $84.3 million. In fourth place is Halloween Ends with $8 million for a total of $54.1 million. And lastly, in fifth place is Lyle Lyle Crocodile with $4.2 million for a total now of $28.7 million. The talk of the town over the weekend was Black Adam, which came in slightly better than expected. Reviews were not great, with a 40% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, causing expectations to be in the uh, high 50s, low 60s range at the box office. Uh, but that was not the case. For Dwayne Johnson, this is the best opening of his career as the lead for a film, aka excluding the Fast and Furious ones. So, solid opening. People came out to see it. All good, right? Not exactly. While it opened better than expected, it does have a ways to go to be profitable, and unless it holds extremely well, it's going to take at least a small loss at the box office. The reported budget for the film was close to $200 million. Domestically, this film will likely finish between $150 million and $200 million. So unless international numbers are crazy, it will still not be profitable. Still, for Warner Brothers and DC, this is a film they needed to get out there, and they finally did, and having seen it, it does keep the door open to continue with both Black Adam and the uh, Justice Society. The other opener, Ticket to Paradise, uh, opened a pretty solid and should leg out well considering the lack of competition from romantic comedies. As for Halloween Ends, that 80% weekend drop, oh boy, that is bad. I knew it was not going to be good, but thanks to poor word of mouth and it being on Peacock, uh, it got hit hard. The 100 million domestic is now was out of the question last week. At this rate, 75 million domestic is also out of the question, and it will be the lowest grossing of the trilogy, at least domestically. For China, Homecoming stays in first place with 8.3 million for a total of 208.6 million. Second place was Give Me Five with 2.1 million for a total now of 70.5 million. And third place is Ordinary Hero with another 1.8 million for a total of 27.3 million. Fourth place is New Gods Yang Jin with 690,000 for a total of 81.8 million. Lastly, in fifth place was New Happy Dad and Son 5 with 500,000 for a total of 11.2 million. Now let's take a look at the worldwide numbers. Black Adam opened in 76 other markets around the world, earning $75.9 million for a worldwide opening weekend of 142.9 million. That's a solid start for the film, but with a $200 million budget, it ideally needs to hit around half a billion, which seems unlikely with Black Panther coming out soon. Ticket to Paradise made 5.1 million for a total of 97.1 million. Halloween Ends made 6.6 .6 million for a total of $82.4 million worldwide. Smile continues to do great. Uh, made another 10.6 million for a total now of 167 million. And for other films, Amsterdam is at 21.8 million, and Lyle Lyle Crocodile is at 37.1 million worldwide. Let's get right into the news from Hollywood, and we start with an exclusive from Deadline. 
That is, we now know who will be directing Venom 3. Kelly Marcel has signed on to direct the film. This is actually not too much of a shock, as she is already part of the franchise. She has helped write and produce the last two films, and even for the third film, she has already written the script for, the th for it after coming up with the story with Tom Hardy. Uh, so with that being the case, I think this is a solid pick. This is someone who knows this franchise inside and out. She has seen how things have progressed over the last two films, so I think she'll know what worked when making the last two and what didn't work, and ideally we will get a good Venom 3. Small casting update to The Fall Guy with Aaron Taylor Johnson signing on to the film. It's being led by Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt, with it being directed by David Lettich. The cast for the film is starting to look really solid, so I'm definitely looking forward to it. Production is set to begin soon for a March 2024 release. In another exclusive from Deadline, Lionsgate has bought a film called One Ranger, starring Thomas Jane and John Malkovich. The plot of the film is that British intelligence gets a Texas Ranger to help stop a terrorist attack on London. So clearly the setup is Jane as the Ranger in a fish-out-of-water story and John Malkovich who will be the uh, British hard-ass. Now, Deadline is also saying that the studio is handling sales for it at the American film market, so it's not clear if they will sell it off the international rights um, or if the film will even go to theaters. My bet is that it will go to streaming uh, with maybe a VOD down the road. I just, I don't see it as in theaters, at least domestically. I don't. There's another film on the market at the American film market, and we know about it thanks to Deadline. It's called The Pack, and it's a psychological thriller starring Florence Poe and Alexander Skarsgård. For Skarsgård, he will also be directing the film as well. It sounds interesting, and I think if bought at the right price, I think a studio would play this in theaters. This sounds like this could play well with the crowd. Final film we are talking about from the American film market, which is another Deadline exclusive, is Guy Ritchie's next film to direct, and it's called The Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare, which is a World War II spy movie. I know, you wouldn't really think of it based on the title, but it is. As for who will be in the film, they already have Henry Cavill and Elisa uh, Gonzalez signed on. Jerry Bruckheimer is also producing the film along with Guy Ritchie. This was apparently in its early stages to be produced at Paramount, but that fell through. Now it's being financed uh, with Black Bear International, who is also handling the sale for distribution rights to the film. Obviously someone is going to buy it, my bet is it'll probably be for streaming, so either Amazon or Netflix. I don't see Warner Brothers or Universal, for example, buying a World War II action spy film and putting it in theaters. But hey, for me, Henry Cavill and the Guy Ritchie film, I'm in. Now let's switch over to DC, as they have had a lot of good news happen this past week. Uh, sticking with Henry Cavill, uh, he announced on Instagram that he is coming back as Superman. It was news that excited fans around the world, uh, however details were a bit light on what this means. From what we can tell, he is back for at least one more movie, and then possibly a second one where he fights Black Adam. After that, it's kind of open. Also for the Man of Steel sequel, now in development, it seems to be in early stages, with the studio still looking for a writer and director to work on it. With that being the case, this is easily a 2025 film, maybe even 2026. Still, I was excited about the news. Still think Cavill is a great Superman. He just needs some better films. He now has the opportunity, and I hope it works out. The other big news for DC is who will be running it with Walter Hamada leaving Warner Brothers, and with Warner Brothers spitting out DC as DC Studios. They have been looking for someone to run it, and well, they have landed on two people. CEO David Zaslav has picked Peter Safran and James Gunn to run all of DC Studios. That's right. James Gunn is now running DC. It's stunning news, but with what they have laid out, it should work out well. Peter Safran was already a producer on a few DC films, so he brings the business sense and knowledge of how things have been done so far. 
Gunn obviously brings the creative expertise, and he now know he knows what it's like to uh, work at Marvel and at DC since he has made Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. Both will have the same titles of co-CEO and co-chairman of DC Studios, and while they will work with the heads of Warner Brothers Studio, they will be reporting directly to Zaslav. For DC Studios, all films, TV, and animation projects will fall under it, and they officially start working November 1st. Overall, I think this is a great move. We know by now Zaslav was looking for his Kevin Feige, uh, except there really is only one Kevin Feige, uh, and DC did not need a person who's only focused on business and lacked creative sense. With this, DC and Warner Brothers are getting the best of both worlds. I'm looking forward to see what the roadmap of DC is going to be like uh, moving forward. Lastly, for trailers this week, we did get one, and that is the first trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. It's a solid trailer, which sets up the film well, and hey, got to see just a bit more of Jonathan Majors as Kang, who looks like he will continue to kill it in the role. It comes out February 17th, 2023. We start off VOD Premium with news from Netflix as clearly they were affected by Henry Cavill coming back as Superman. A few days after that was announced, Netflix announced two things. First, oh hey everyone, The Witcher is getting an early renewal and will have a fourth season. Okay, uh, the second, uh, oh yeah, Henry Cavill is leaving the show for the fourth season and they have signed Liam Hemsworth to play Geralt. The online reaction to that was pretty negative, and I could understand why. I have nothing against Liam Hemsworth, but as a replacement to Henry Cavill, it's not a good one. Here's Cavill's statement on stepping away. Quote, my journey as Geralt of Rivia has been filled with both monsters and adventures, and alas, I will be laying down my medallion and my swords for season four. In my stead, the fantastic Mr. Liam Hemsworth will be taking up the mantle of the White Wolf. As with the greatest of literary characters, I pass the torch with reverence for the time spent embodying Geralt and enthusiasm to see Liam's take on this most fascinating and nuanced of men. Liam, good sir, this character has such a wonderful depth to him. Enjoy diving in and seeing what you can find. End quote. Obviously, Netflix wants to keep The Witcher going. It's one of their biggest shows, but I don't know if this was, was a uh, great replacement. What I can see happening is since all Netflix does is based off viewership, is that the viewership numbers will crater in season four, and if that happens, the show's canceled. If they are smart, they would have tried to wrap up most of the plot lines in season four. This way, if it does crater and they cancel the show, it's more or less a completed show. Uh, this is something Netflix has an issue doing, you know, uh, actually finishing a show. Uh, for at least the holiday season, Netflix is expanding their physical presence in stores, specifically Walmart. They have made a deal with the company to expand merchandise from their shows and movies, including Stranger Things, The Witcher, Glass Onion, and Squid Game. There will also be a specific $19.99 gift card and snack boxes to eat, which one would assume uh, watching shows on Netflix. So not big news, but if this proves to be successful, I would expect Netflix to expand this to other stores as well, which would be another way to make some cash. At Apple, they are raising the price of all of their subscription services, including Apple TV+. What was once $4.99 per month, it will now cost $6.99 per month, and for yearly plans, those are also going up to $69.99 yearly, up from $49.99 yearly. As for why the increase, Apple is saying that they started at a low price because of the very limited selection of content, but that's not the case anymore as its library has grown. And that's true. Since it started, its library is a lot better, and $6.99 is not that bad compared to other streaming services and still remains ad-free. Landscape is rolling out their updated streaming service in the UK. 
it was previously called Stars Play, but is now called Lionsgate Plus. I know, shocking, very original. It'll only be available on Sky Glass for $5.99 per month. I think this is just them spinning their wheels a bit, since it's not clear who will either buy Lionsgate or Stars or both. Uh, but it's something they launched, so thought I'd give it a quick mention. Moving on to Disney, where Hocus Pocus 2 looks to be a hit for Disney+. Plus. Nielsen is reporting that for its opening weekend, it clocked in 2.7 billion minutes. For Nielsen's streaming numbers, at least, this broke a record, with that being held by Encanto, which was seen for 2.2 billion minutes when it hit streaming. I'm not too surprised by this, because Hocus Pocus is a big film for 90s kids, so you have a lot of them in their 20s, ready to watch some nice nostalgia. There's also at its core, at its core, it's a Disney film, so kids today would also be interested in it. It gives the film a wide audience. In other Disney Plus news, it looks like Vision might be getting his own show. There are reports that Marvel Studios is opening a writer's room for what right now is called Vision Quest. The idea of the series would be the Vision we saw fly off at the end of WandaVision, trying to regain his humanity. Remember, he unlocked access to the memories of old Vision, but he does not know how to process or respond to them. Uh, this would be the point of that show. Now, it's a writer's room, so ideally they're able to come up with a plot for the series, and... If so, it will get approved and be worked on and turned into a show. I was wondering what was going to happen to Vision, and I think a series with him as the lead works best. Disney also spent a bit of money this week announcing that they made a deal with the BBC for Doctor Who. The new series of Doctor Who will be with a new Doctor, and will premiere sometime toward the end of 2023. When this happens, it will be on BBC in the UK and Ireland, and will be on Disney Plus everywhere else. What's not clear is if this includes the special anniversary episodes also airing next year, and if Disney will get access to the extensive catalog of episodes, or will it only be new seasons going forward. Doctor Who is still popular, and the fact that now going forward from most of the world it's on Disney+, Plus, that is a big get. We finish up with Disney+, Plus with a trailer for their second Marvel special presentation, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. The trailer looked good, with the Guardians trying to kidnap Kevin Bacon as a Christmas gift for Peter. Uh, but you can tell they are placing a lot of the story on Earth to reduce the budget. Not saying it'll be bad, but it is noticeable. For what there is to watch, uh, nothing really new. Uh, the Woman King, if you have been waiting to watch it, will be on VOD starting November 22nd. Also starting November 1st, HBO Max is getting back the Harry Potter films, and will also be getting the 10 original Star Trek films. And that'll be it for this episode of Box Office Receipts. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.